security can be a lonely, lonely business. But once in a while, two players find each other and they make it happen. Here at Pwned, we want to help them to understand, is it right or is it just wrong? Welcome to Right Swipes. Jack, friend, it's time for some swiping. Oh, what are love, loving the swipes? <laughs> what, what are we going to talk about? Well, uh, we had some news very recently that I think is really interesting. Uh, one of the recent IPO darlings in the market, our friends at Sentinel One, have picked up those deceptive kings of the road, Ativo, um, at a modest price of slightly over six hundred million dollars. And so if you're buying a drink at the Right Swipes Bar, that's a pretty expensive cocktail to purchase. I think it'd be a great thing for us to talk about. I love it. You know, I I, I love going cold into these. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a pretty pretty honest, honest opinion here. Cause I don't don't really have much else. <laughs> yeah, we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna have to be very careful. Uh, for for those of our listeners who keep track and are keeping a tally sheet of shots to be imbibed. Recognize that Tomer and the gang at Sentinel One are highly focused on extended detection and response. Uh, and this uh, play with uh, the Ativo folks is looked to expand that even further into the into the realm of identity, which is really an interesting way to characterize this by. Uh, but we got to make sure that we don't save those three letters in a row because number one, uh, the description as it exists through the Sentinel One team is, uh, I think, one of the great reasons to have X. Ex- Oh, almost. Oh. To have extended action response in the pit of despair, I guess I have to do one third. You towed to- um, to- to- the line. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! But I, that just. But, but I think that's why it should be. It, that's one of the reasons why it should be in the pit of despair. And I think the addition of a TiVo, it'll be interesting to see how that actually manifests into another way of further extending that detection response for Sentinel One. Yeah. So let's let, let's start there. What value, if any? would you see from these two organizations getting smashed together? Well, I mean, historically, Sentinel One has been really pretty good at what I think about as sort of the reputational analysis piece uh, from their from their inception of what happens on the endpoint. So mm-hmm. unlike you know other places which are almost completely basing their judgments on either you know signature lists for the old folks or some ML properties, some behavioral analytics, one of the things Sentinel One did was they tried to understand, is this a good thing or a bad thing based on reputational analysis? And they go detonate and try to figure it out. So it was a pretty good approach, right? If you're trying to figure out how to do the endpoint detection response. But I think, you know, as other organizations like CrowdStrike and others, you know, have advanced and started doing more things, they wanted to advance as well and do more of this extended stuff. So for me, um, this acquisition of a TiVo um, allows them to do a style of detection that you're not seeing many other places, right? And I don't know if anybody else, and, and maybe the folks or some of our listeners who, who deal a lot with uh, CrowdStrike or some of the other vendors can, can talk to us about it, but I haven't seen a lot of other people actively marketing deception, right, as a technique uh, through which you could understand if badness is going on, right? So it's a different, even it's just sort of a different vector into detection and response. So I think that in theory, it may not be a bad idea. Just to go into sort of a couple more sacks, the, the other part about this kind of interesting is there is this sort of canary in the coal mine that some of the work that Ativo has done um, that makes it interesting, right? That if we're worried about the propagation, lateral spread of ransomware campaigns, 
or a lateral spread of stolen credentials, you know, being able to infect other machines through uh, privilege use, then canary in a coal mine is not a bad idea. The purists will say, when we went too late, um, but for me, better to know, you know, better to see the burglar walking around in the house than wake up and find that person next to your bed. Hmm. I like it. <laughs> There's, um, I don't know, I guess it was two years ago at this point, I did a, a little ditty on deception technologies. This must have been a ditty. Yeah, it must have been a 2019. It was certainly pre pre COVID, but the mm-hmm. idea, and it was it was actually a, a pwned episode. And the idea, and, and actually, I, I still believe this today, is that just looking at deception technologies and where they fit into the market, I personally think that technology is completely underrepresented in our marketplace today. I had the opinion then, I still have the same opinion now, is that if everybody had some type of deception technology within their environment, how much harder would it be for a population of attackers to amass an inventory of exploits that are known to work, right? Meaning like if everybody, if every company had some form of deception technology that was correctly deployed, and you had one attacker get a foothold into the network, run a series of exploits, maybe chasing lures, maybe ending up in a honeypot, them thinking, them being the attacker, thinking that that exploit was actually successful, putting it in their, their like box of tricks, and then turning around and going to another company trying to repeat the same exploit. And then turns out it doesn't work because they, they chased a different lure and ends up in a different honeypot with a different, seemingly different outcome, all of a sudden it brings into question of saying, well, did that exploit actually work or not? <laughs> right? And it, could just, right on. It, it just creates a lot of questions. But, you know, fast forward however many years now, like I've seen zero uptick in, in the deception space. And, and frankly, like I don't really even hear a lot of people talking about it. Like, honestly, it really gives me pause and reconsider is like, well, the technology and the concepts might be great. Perhaps it's too hard to manage you know, that type of kind of platform and managing lures and managing honeypots and kind of watching and monitoring what, what comes of that and the, the, the outcomes of kind of setting up that platform. And which kind of brings me back to saying, okay, well, maybe the idea of, of sandboxing, which is kind of, which, which I have seen um, get a little bit more traction of late, like perhaps maybe that's a better approach. There's nothing flashy about it. It's super direct. You know, it's uh, someone sending a malicious URL that gets detonated in the sandbox. Like you don't, you don't have to detonate it and then watch what happens on the network is it gets sandboxed. And then it's basically binary at that point. Like it's good or bad. If it's bad, block Mm -hmm. it. It's good, pass it on and, you know, kind of rely on defense in depth. Perhaps other, uh, other EDR type of capabilities if if we're just talking about the the endpoint. I, I like the technology. I just don't see widespread market adoption for it. So that so that's one. And then when I think about Ativo here and I kind of look at you know some of the investors that they have on their bench. Ativo's been around for a while. They just raised series C rounds 3 years ago and seemingly and this is this is my speculation. I don't I, I don't know this to be fact at all. Is it seems when they took that series C round, it seems like there was a little bit of a pivot because in my opinion, um, they were floundering a little bit until they got that round. And I don't know if they were floundering because they haven't, you know, fulfilled 
and executed on their vision, right? There was there was still more work to do, or there was an adjustment that was made at the time of the series C round. Perhaps they got some some great advice from from their investment partners, and they they added more capabilities to their platform at that time. But the, I guess the kind of punchline, what I'm ultimately getting at, is it seem it seems to me, in my opinion that all the features and capabilities that were built after their Series C positioned them to basically be acquired by someone who was looking to compete with, you know, compete within the 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 EDR marketplace. And I think first send a one, a TiVo to them, I can I can totally see how it makes sense, right? Because they are ultimately trying to keep up with CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike buys preempt. Right. And then how does Sentinel One respond? They buy the next best thing, which is a TiVo. Right. And in my opinion, again, a TiVo has a few more, uh, I guess, kind of say like pieces of functionality or features that, that, that are a little bit different than preempt, you know, as far as, uh, you know, a TiVo's got, you know, their, their threat path platform, they've got their endpoint detection platform, all of those things to me seem to mirror preempt and like what the spirit of preempt is is to CrowdStrike. And with a TiVo's threat path and with a TiVo's endpoint detection, Sentinel One now has similar capabilities, but they also have all of the, the deception capabilities that um, that didn't exist in preempt. So I, I guess I kind of say all that stuff is um, to, the move to me seems very me too. And that pattern, that track record that Sentinel One has of kind of mirroring the acquisitions that CrowdStrike makes is an interesting one to me. Like personally, I don't really care for it that much. Like being a copycat and just just riding on the the coattails of some of your your largest competitors and just kind of copying their moves like isn't super sexy to me. In fact, like it's it's a total yawner if I can be blunt. I would rather see a company like that stand on their own two feet, be progressive and innovative in their own means, change the market in their own means and be different in a helpful way and do it in a way that your largest competitor can't. Like don't differentiate on price and, you know, you know, this competitor uses sandbox. We use this deception technology. It's like, screw that. Like, how about, how about you create your, your own innovation, create your own solution that's different within the marketplace and you differentiate that way. That, that actually sounds pretty compelling to me. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there, brother. There's a lot to unpack there. You know, first off, and sort of like going your own way as opposed to following in the footsteps of someone else is a yawner. Well, at least they took the breathtaking step of advertising themselves as an extended detection and response provider. That was novel. Oh, wait a minute, no. Um, <laughs> I want to get back to uh, what you said, because, you know, it was funny listening to you talk it through, Justin. You know, you're right, right? This deception technology hasn't taken off in a way that I would have expected it to. I mean, frankly, in terms of early identification, in fact, automated uh, interdiction of ransomware, it strikes me as a canary kind of problem, right? So I, too, am surprised by it. I just want to call out a couple of things that you said that I thought were pretty cool. Um, number one, the deception market hasn't taken off, and it's kind of unusual for folks like us who look at it all the time to say, well, why not? And as you were saying, I'm saying to myself, I think it's because these organizations who would adopt deception technology have to tell their management, I'd like to go invest some of our hard-fought revenue into a TiVo because I know we're going to get broken into it. And so I need something that catches the people broken in, breaking in before they can really do a lot of harm. 
right? And I think that may be a hard thing emotionally for buyers to get around, to feel comfortable saying that knowing that we're going to get broken into, I'm going to put the crappy stuff at the front of the store so they take that and run and we see where they are before they can get to the good stuff in the back. And I think, I think, I think that may be part of it. The, the second piece of it is, I'm not sure if you're aware, but back in the fourth quarter, Mandiant identified and signed a deal with Sentinel One to be their go-to-market partner, especially around IR, right? So now you've got some of the brightest folks around in tech and Mandiant saying, hey, Sentinel One, let's play. And I wonder if, if the team at Mandiant, uh, now part of Google, um, had said to the team at Sentinel One, you got to do something new for me. Right. I need a new kind of information from you that isn't just like everybody else. And maybe Sentinel One said, well, these kind of smart folks over at Tebow, we're thinking about taking advantage of some of the deception stuff because we've always thought it was a good idea that nobody wants to buy. They said, oh, that's really quite interesting. Right. And so there could well be. And I'd like to think it was an informed decision, you know, based on maybe some advice from one of the big deal partners. Right. Because that's that's possibly good. The other thing you said that, that really struck me is you were talking about how deception technologies are a great way sort of for these organizations to understand what's going on, set up the honeypot, find them, identify that maybe we can poison the well, right, for the for the malicious actors, let them think something works that really doesn't. And as you're talking about, I'm like, man, it would be great if you take the Ativo capability and you stand it up as an industry-serving, public-serving threat intel platform, right? So that if instead of using it to create a waste of time for the malicious actors, it provides an early warning system for everybody else. So now the coal mine that we all live in, that's the cybersecurity community, has a massive um, Ativo slash Sentinel-1 canary standing in the middle of it going like, tweet, tweet. <laughs> I'm, I'm falling over now, tweet, right? And so massive canary in the coal mine. Because I think that would be, you know, the way you describe it, I think, I think it'd be a great use for it. So for me, you know, getting back to the theme, right, which is, you know, how do we feel about this date? I think what we may have here is we may have here some sort of Hans Christian Andersen, ugly duckling maturing into a swan potential slash, you know, maybe it's more like Talia Shire in the early Rockies blossoming into this beautiful wife for Rocky through the years that maybe Sentinel One saw them at the bar, said, you know, I think perhaps with a, a little bit of work, a little bit of attention, a little bit of self-confidence, this could be the kind of data I want to take home, particularly since I'm going to that party at Mandiant where everybody's going to be judgy judgyton. And so they said, Let, let's go pick this thing up. And so sort of, I would say sort of mid-evening, they said, you know what? We're pretty smart. We're going to take a shot because we think that, that there's a lot of goodness in there. We just have to do a little Pygmalion work and uh, figure out how to make that thing as shiny and good as it could be. So we're picking it up. So I'm going to step out before we ask the hard question. I'm just going to say, you know what, for me, and I never often do this, I, I'm, I'm giving a right swipe. Um, I'm giving a right swipe for the team at Sentinel One, because I think to your point, this could be a vector for a technology that's been underappreciated over the years. And I'm definitely going to give a right swipe for the team at Ativo, who we haven't talked a lot about the financials. Mm. They only took in about $60 million, which is a lot of money, but not in this industry. And they managed to see a really good return for some really solid investors like Bain and others. So I think we're I'm, I'm right swiping all day long on this from both sides of the deal. What do you think? <laughs> well, first off, I want to say that having done, you know, just about 20 episodes now, I feel like we've come up with some gems 
of business ideas over the episodes. So if if anybody has listened to the inventory of season three and has listened to all of the the uh, business ideas that we've had and uh, someone runs with it and does really, really well, at some point it would be awesome if they could let us know and uh, maybe may, maybe buy, uh, buy this popper a pint. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just, I was just uh, jotting down the notes. We had, we have your, your deception analytics. We had the, the GitHub episode of creating a two-sided marketplace. And then we have uh, the breaches and beer as, uh, as, as the, the new fight club. <laughs> I don't know, man. He kind of, he kind of got me at a uh, judgy McJudgerton too. <laughs> Such a classic. Ah. Uh, I don't know, Jack, whether I go right or left. My, my personal side, it's not market changing enough for me. This just, it's really, it's, it's me too. <laughs> That's all it is. But on the business side of it, like if, if I'm being, you know, just the finance guy and looking at through like the financial lens and whether smashing these two like pieces together creates a better whole. I, I think it probably does. I, I, I think it gives send a one a little bit more uh capabilities i think they've they've had to date and maybe allows them to tell a different story so i guess i guess my official is i would i would go right but very very slowly yeah it's not yeah yeah it's kind of like the uh the uh like the corporate business side is a a pretty like pretty quick swipe the the personal sign is like uh kind of dragging my feet over like i don't want to do that but i know i gotta you know, I'm, I'm, glad uh, you, I'm, I'm glad you came into this one cold. And for our listeners, Justin came into this cold, as he mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, but I think the market reacted much of the much as you did, Justin. Uh, as usual, I'm doing the research, right, and looking around. And the market thought this was, in general, thought that the Sentinel-1 announcement uh, a week or so ago, uh, they reacted pretty tepidly to it, right? Even though Sentinel-1 did better than they were expected to do, they beat analyst expectations both on existing revenue um, and on the projections going forward. And they had this whole deal to announce and they still dropped. Right. So yeah, I, I don't think you're alone. I think maybe there's some sense that what you're saying is that this is a big price tag to pay for something that's not necessarily going to be an industry changer. So, Oh, oh heck yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, if you look at those dollars on a like earnings per share, or like a price per share, like it's a dent and that's, Think about it. the expenditures occurred on a net revenue basis. The amount of gross revenue that Senda One is going to have to earn in order to pay for that net expenditure is massive. It is really, really big. And you know, I don't when I when when I look at uh you know, I, I guess just kind of comparing to to CrowdStrike, right? And you can insert like salaries in or you know wh- whomever you want is. We've seen uh, some pretty big investments, and we've seen a concerted push by these technology manufacturers to push features that, honestly, again, my opinion, I think have a limited shelf life. Like I, yeah. I think they are they are a flash in the pan, and it distracts from what uh, the core purpose of what some of these things are. And I'm not not to say like a TiVo is is in that camp. And for for Sentinel One, but if if I'm an institutional investor or you know I'm a, a shareholder, I don't know per, personally. Like I, I can totally see how it dropped because you you just know that the earnings per share is going to be 
is going to be even further deprecated on the next earnings report. So maybe maybe it's just the market pricing that in. I think you're probably right. I think it's probably I think it's probably pricing it in. I think it's recognizing that a 600 plus million dollar price tag is I think it's roughly double um, the expectation or slightly under double the expectations of total revenues for Sentinel One in the coming year. Right. So that's that's a lot of cash. And it's, and it's funny. I'm sorry our listeners have to listen in to us have actual conversations, but this is pretty excellent because um, I'm actually thinking about it. I'm comparing it to, as an example, the CrowdStrike work with Humio, right? Humio was a way for CrowdStrike to say, listen, we're here. We're in this section of technology and we're going to pick up this other thing, which is sort of bigger than us in a way, right? It's going to absorb more things to make us better. Whereas what Sentinel went through this acquisition has done is said, we're good in this space. And we're going to get marginally better in this space through yeah. this application of a new type of technology. So I can see what you're saying, that the, the framework for the acquisition and the expectations of a meaningful difference in revenue and profitability isn't going to be there with this. So I'm still swiping right because I still think it's good for Sentinel-1. I think it's great for TiVo. But yeah, I think if I was looking at this from a purely growth and in revenue, industry changing slash you know, EBITDA changing event, it's probably ain't it. Yeah, I second the motion. <laughs> cool. Well, that's enough out of me. Yeah. Dang. Jack, is, is this the first Swipes episode that we've, we've actually agreed and went the same way? Hmm. I think we might have been okay with the Google acquisition of Cmplify mm. because it was some because there was some connection between. Uh, Google's move towards making going back to their roots and becoming simpler and some of the other work they had done and Simplify's move to focus the sim in the sort of the same way. So I don't think it is the first, but I will say it's the first one where I've been like, yay, and you've been like, meh. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we should we should wrap this one up. Done. All right. If you need Honest security help, pwned at newharborsecurity.com. You need help with other chores, you need some chess tips, you wanna you wanna practice some new moves or get some questions about your Rubik's Cube, Jack's your man. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll uh, we'll catch you later. <laughs>